This is from Bondage to Freedom Podcast, Episode 2. Where are the boys and men who ought to be heroes? Hi, Michelle Rickett here. Welcome to From Bondage to Freedom, where we learn about abuse and slavery through the lens of true crime stories of girls and women whom I love to bring to freedom and a whole new life. Ultimately, I hope that you and I learn what we can do to prevent abuse and slavery for ourselves, for those we care about near and far. And in these episodes, we'll also explore some of the root causes of these crimes so that we can first be informed about what's happening regarding human trafficking and modern slavery, and then perhaps join together to change these realities in our lives, our neighborhoods, our nation, and the world Just a quick reminder, though, we cover some pretty difficult topics and don't ever want to bruise sensitive hearts and ears. So please proceed with caution. Yuyun in Indonesia was only one day away from her 14th birthday. She was so excited. She was a good student and very well liked, but she had snubbed a boy in school. He told some friends about the rejection and they joined together to teach her a lesson. So after school one day, Yuyun loaded her backpack with the national flag and a tablecloth she had offered to wash over the weekend for her teacher. She began walking home and along the way, she was attacked by seven men and seven boys, one of them her classmate. She was gagged with the flag they pulled out of her backpack. Her hands were tied behind her with the tablecloth. Postmortem examination showed that she died from multiple blows to her head prior to each man or boy taking turns raping her dead body. Her body was thrown into a ravine and covered with leaves. Yuyun was missing for two days before her body, still bound, was found at the bottom of the ravine. I was there in Indonesia the week after Yuyun's death. There were protesters, candlelight vigils. The assailants were taken into custody with a lot of fanfare and about to be sentenced. I learned that they were given stiff penalties. The oldest, a 23-year-old, was sentenced to death. The others were serving prison terms, and they're also in juvenile detention. A new law was written at that time with the intent to protect girls and women and quell the angry crowds, but it was later watered down to consider rape a crime of indignity, a moral assault, rather than a violent crime demanding stiffer penalties. This country of 17,000 islands, 270 million people, is more dangerous than ever. Rape and abuse have soared since Yuyun's death up 66%, with 430,000 cases and another estimated 130,000 cases unreported, according to the Indonesian National Commission on Violence Against Women. Underreporting has everything to do with the stigma of shame suffered by the perpetrators and their families. Yuyun's family had to flee their home and relocate under threats from the families of the attackers that they had ruined the lives of their poor sons. In one poll, men were asked, why would you sexually assault women and girls? And they answered, we do this for entertainment. So where are the heroes? 
How did it become a hobby for men and boys to brutally sexually assault girls in this country? In the story of Yuyun, we can clearly see some of the influences that teach boys to love perpetrating wickedness. Men are the role models of boys. Boys look up to the young men like these boys did to the seven men who raped Yuyun. Especially young men. Young guys want to be like them when they grow up. Imagine an entire community that sees women and girls as unworthy of protection, useful only for some perversely violent pleasure. Where I work overseas in half a dozen countries, boys are raised to think themselves as worthy of being served, getting what they want, thus perpetuating this godless mindset of exploiting those who are vulnerable and weak. Rape is, of course, less about sex and more about exerting power, showing and feeling manly strength. In the U.S., boys are actually assaulted by pornography as they play video games, innocently use their smartphones to do school projects, and they don't know where to go with the images they've seen that kind of lure them in uh, little by little. And then as they grow, they're tested in the locker room. Will they be the brave one to stand up and say, you know, I just don't think we should talk about girls that way. Will they say she needs our protection? What is the likelihood of that? You know, my own dad as a teen used to go from San Diego, California to Tijuana with his buddies to use prostitutes. His friends thought he was funny for not wanting sex with women, but only wanting little girls. At some point in his young life, he was perverted from a God-given desire to protect the weak, as men should, to using helpless girls to make himself feel manly. Proverbs 31.8 tells us that it's the responsibility of those in power to speak up for the voiceless. If we can awaken the champion spirit in boys as well as girls, we can change a generation. So here's the good news. We work with boys and girls to share safety information. Boys of elementary school age tell girls that they want to keep them safe. In an average year, we share 10 tips for safety and a hotline for help with 65,000 elementary school children in Indonesia and other places. We dramatically reduce sexual assault as reported by law enforcement and medical professionals in these communities. Well, here's my favorite safety tip. Tip number one. Now just imagine this scenario in your mind, little boys, little girls looking at each other and we say, okay, repeat after me. Every person's body is a sacred gift from God and deserves to be nurtured and protected. Well, here's an important phone number for you to keep in your phone to report abuse uh, of a sexual nature. It's the National Sexual Assault Hotline. It's 1-800-656-4673. I'll repeat it. And don't, don't write this down if you're driving. 1-800-656-4673. God bless you and stay safe. 